is Lyle Blackburn, and you're listening to the Cryptid Creatures Podcast with Brian and Todd. They had me hypnotized, and I wasn't supposed to remember this until I was, like, really, really incredibly old. <laughs> and I remembered, and, and uh, I know Bob Gimlin did a story on me and said I remembered in the 90s. If I remembered in the 90s, I would have had this wrapped up because everybody was alive then. Both my parents are dead, and uh, I just got to talk about it about my to my dad, and he finally, you know, I had to ask him directly, and this was in, like, 2015, and he died three days later after he told me. And my mother's been dead since 2004. Uh, Bill and the other, you know, the other family, he's passed away. One of the agents uh, named John from one of the local tribes, he passed away two years ago. So everybody's getting really old. So um, it's it's uh, really really hard to um, get anybody to talk to about, it, especially Tom, uh, Tim's dad. He won't talk about it. He remembers everything, but. Uh, is trying to protect uh, the rest of his family because, uh, you know, some of, them, some of the kids were hypnotized to forget about it, and he just wants to leave it that way. I've heard that the government will, will tell people that have had encounters, you know, the adults, and say, hey, you know, we can ruin your life if you They if you can, they do. Man. What made you remember this? So you were hypnotized and drugged and made to forget about this. When did you start? In 2014. I just, it just, I had some friend of mine that wanted to go camping and he was going to started talking about Sasquatch and something clicked in my head. And it was just really a, a fragment of this memory of like, uh, seeing him in the, in the, in the barn. And then I went back to the barn where I lived and the people let me go walk around the barn and the property and stuff. And that just started opening up all sorts of memories, but they're all fragments. So, um, I got talking to different witnesses. I, I, you know, they, they'd fill me in a little bit of stuff. They would talk to me about it, but they won't, they won't go public with it. That brought back more memories. But, um, over time I learned, uh, I talked to a hypnotherapist that said, um, the way you remember those memories is you remember just, you know, the fragment that you remember, say that little bit of, uh, the little barn piece that I remember him seeing. And you remember just a little bit before it and a little bit after it. And then you just kind of open it, it opens up and opens up. And that took years. Um, sometimes it come back in chunks, but um, the, the, the strawberry lake thing was the weirdest. I've had these, these super eight footage. I've got actual, my mom took footage and it turned out all blurry with a, this juvenile mic with his armor on me sitting in the freaking canoe on the shore of this lake in strawberry lake. I have the footage, but it's blurry. I don't know. I don't know why, because <laughs> everything yeah. in the, I don't. It, it was it was an old camera, and she she finally figured out that you know I wasn't crazy, and she tried to get them on videotape, uh, you know, a whole bunch of different times. But it was so rough and so terrible. I've had this footage for a long time, and I, um, literally after years of doing this research, I finally decided to clean up that footage, and when I did. I saw what I was sitting next to because it, it's actually so blurry and he's so dark. You can hardly see him except for his arm that comes around my, well, and then he's got on my shoulder and his hands on my, my shoulder. You can see that perfectly. And he's got his head ducked down and that just, that did it. That, that was, that woke up all those memories. And then I started going up there up to strawberry Lake. And then I started talking to people that live up there because it's not a campground anymore. They put these houses up there, but there's people up there that remember 
you know, camping up there and, and, uh, I went around the area and I talked to more witnesses and just opened up more memories over time until everything just opened up. And it's been a long, long, slow process. It isn't something that just, you know, pops in your head. Um, it seems like my subconscious worked on it for a while too. And every once in a while, um, it would pop up this extra little fragment until I can remember all this stuff, just like I'm watching a movie. Now I can rewind it and stop it and, and uh but it wasn't like that at the beginning i think it had a lot to do with um them hypnotizing me before i had any time to process any of the stuff you know and uh <laughs> when my brain started finding out these memories there there they really felt like new memories i mean i could remember everything but the sound at first and that was really weird i could remember all these memories and it took like weeks after i remember the memory to get the sound to come back i don't know what that is but um because i've never been anybody else i don't know what a normal memory is like <laughs> i don't have anybody that i can talk to who's like hey do you remember that time you got hypnotized to forgotten what was that yeah, right. i have nothing i have no basis in comparison so <laughs> right yeah. yeah the kid mike that ended up coming missing and then they found him with no clothes on did he ever say what happened to him i'm assuming that the bigfoot they hypnotized him almost right away he was uh pretty traumatic uh for him because you know it happened at night he didn't have a clue what was taking him and they had mm -hmm. him for almost 24 hours i talked to him once after that but then they like I said, after that, they had me hypnotized, you know, and then I didn't remember. So I, I didn't, I know where he is now. I've talked to those two kids, Russell and him, because there was two mics. There was the mic that I went down with and we met this other kid, Mike, with, that was the same, same age as us. And Russell was uh, a little bit older than us. And, uh, another thing that brought back the memories, was that spot that they're at too. They were building a camp and they had put up. They were going to build a tree fort and they were putting these, uh, you know, the steps up the tree and we helped them put up the last step that day before we went and got our gear before it started getting dark. And it's still there today, those steps. And I went back and I, I went back there a few times and I actually couldn't remember um, right away. I had to sit back and out there in the woods and just sit there and stare at that tree and remember. And it finally came back. I mean, it's, it's been a long time a long battle trying to remember all this stuff but uh my dad helped a lot before he died he um he told me a lot of stuff that i didn't know like the like the when he saw him eating the cows down there and uh you know just other other things and especially he said well i'm glad those indians start <laughs> stop coming taking you they're taking you all the time they're they're taking me on an outings to um, go squatching i guess you would call it they were taking me to native american other tribes and showing me off and and uh unfortunately a lot of these people were elders back then so i i'm having a hard time finding any of them alive now which just really just blows because um i've got some more names though i gotta check out this isn't done yet i've got uh um, the native american agents that i that i kind of sort of become friends with after that uh they have kids and i haven't found them yet but I know they'll remember because they're a little bit older than me, but I'm still working on this. I'm not going to give up until it's done because I think, I honestly think that that juvenile Mike Sasquatch, uh, Sammy or whatever you want to call him, um, I think he thought he was trying to save me. I don't think he was trying to attack me. So he, he basically died 
trying to save me. And I feel like uh, people got to know that Sasquatch aren't wild animals. They're not out to hurt us. They're not, they're not going to eat you. <laughs> if, if they're anything that, you know, if they act aggressive, they're just wanting to leave the area. They're, they're thinking um, smart beings. They're Native Americans, call them, you know, Neanderthals. So they're actually our cousins. Um, they're just not, you know, anything like what the artist, you know, interpreted Neanderthals look like white people and all clean shaven and stuff. They're, they got the features right and the big nose and all that stuff, but they, you know, they got like kind of like gorilla skin and, and they, they actually vary in colors too. I've been, you know, since I remembered all this, I gave up everything I was doing. And when my dad died and, uh, what money I ever got left up from my sister getting it uh, after he died, uh, I took all that money and I just been doing research for full time since then, um, trying to, find the witnesses i've been going to uh archives digging up freaking uh looking through microfiche for the old newspaper articles that were about it and uh looking for fines and whatever i can find at the state archives i've been doing that for years and uh i couldn't find anything that covered up a lot of stuff i found some stuff at the strawberry lake one though but i'm still working on that because the government doesn't know about that right now <laughs> Since you started bringing this to light again, have you had any threats or anything? Has anyone contacted you, told you not to talk about this? No, I, uh, quite the opposite. I went to them. <laughs> I went right to the tribes. I went right to them. I told them exactly everything. I sat down with their elders and told them everything that happened. Um, and I had some problems with the DNR uh, following me around. And, and uh, the DNR were finding. I mean, the DNR, no. I mean, they absolutely know. They just can't talk about it, but they know. And they were finding areas where I was going. They were following me there, and I had four cameras on my truck, and I was filming them following me. And one day I went there to get some uh, trail cams out of the woods, and they came in after me with a bulldozer and started plowing out all this area, uh, the bush and everything where Mike and I found them originally. Um, they were still in there, and they found them in there, they stripped that whole thing out. And uh, while I was in the woods, I came out back to my truck and I went back there and started screaming. And I got it all on video. It's on my on my uh, Midwest Bigfoot researchers on um, YouTube channel. And uh, I went right from there. I went right to the tribe. And, and believe it or not, the tribe had the DNA out of there in like an hour. Because I told them exactly what they're doing. I was going like, they know there's Sasquatch back there. Um, they're just tearing out their homes. And, and like, the guy didn't believe me right away. But then I, I gave them all the real names of all the agents, you know. Like Jerry, John, and Joe. And I, I can't say their last names. They'll get really upset. Um, yeah. I, I've had some threats from the, the witnesses, too. Um, like Tom, I really, you know, my attorney's saying not to, you know, say this and that, but, uh, I really want to, because this guy's made my life miserable. Um, and I didn't know why for over decades. And I worked at the, the um, local County with him and stuff. And he, uh, got my job terminated there. I didn't know why, but now I figured out why. And just like, uh, for years I was talking to him about this, trying to get him to talk. And I was telling him exactly everything I was doing. I entered like art prize with a, so, um, a big art show thing over in Grand Rapids and I was going to enter the book and all the art I did in there. And, um, he put a stop to that. He, he's been, uh, he's been trying to, trying to get me to stop talking about this ever since. And, uh, 
so was uh one of the mics um so i found that out and the uh, the other mic was uh feeding me just absolute bullshit information uh, you know on the people that i was trying to find and what happened back then it was just flat out lying to me and uh i you know since don't talk to any of these people <laughs> can you describe the adults i mean you guys thought that mike was a chimpanzee at first then you thought he was an orangutan but then you got a look at his parents his mother obviously what would you describe these things to look like honest thing was the female didn't have hair on her chest all the way you know where the and her her breasts were pretty flat and i i didn't know she was a female that was i did you know I described her to the Native Americans and they said, yeah, it's a female. I described her as King Kong. She was black with black skin and she was only about, couldn't have been more than seven feet tall. She wasn't terribly huge, but the, the, um, the father, the male was all of eight feet tall, but he was blonde with dark colored skin, like a, um, almost, almost black colored skin, but his, his hair was really light colored. Um, probably a little bit lighter than a deer, that kind of shade. And he actually, when they, when they left, uh, when they were screaming and stuff in front of the, and, or in the back of the barn there, and my dad shot that gun, the male actually ran, the, the cornfield went right over the back of our property. And there was a little old fence back there, one of those um, metal mesh fences that they'd put around cornfields and stuff. And it was all rusty. He had got that caught on his foot. I'll never forget that. He dragged that whole fence with him for like about 20 feet into the cornfield before he let it go. Wow. I mean, just it, it just think about the power of that. I mean, just yeah, yeah there does that's the the twice the two times that I that I saw the adults were the only two times that I've ever seen them. Just amazing. Just I you know, I mean, I don't know how they hide so well other than cloaking, but like uh it seems like the you know they would have been around when the juvenile was around hiding somewhere up at the lake when we were playing with the, with the, the small ones. They had to have been somewhere close by watching them, but we never saw them. So they, they can hide really well. Did these things' faces look more human-like or more ape-like or what? I would say um, almost a combination of the two because uh, the color of their skin, their noses are – and none of them look the same. I mean, I've seen – I've seen ones with different variations of skin and hair color now that um, also their noses are different sizes. Some of them aren't as, they're really wide, but some of the, I don't know what the part of the, the round part of the nose is really, really huge. I can draw a picture of it, but uh, they, I think they get confused with Dogman, the way their 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 bottom of their, their face protrudes out and the size of their nose and the, the lack of neck in their posture they're, they're hunched over they almost look like a caricature of a of a, a werewolf basically because they have the longer arms and i think the canine legs are mistaken for their way their their feet bend because they they they, <laughs> they sit on there or they they go on there like their ball or their foot and then the, the rest of their foot bends upwards and it's long and their their um their leg goes into the middle of the foot instead of um further back like they're like they do on ours towards the ankle. So as a silhouette, it almost looks like a dog leg. You know what I mean? When they're, especially if they run around on all fours and they don't do that often unless they want to, you know, hide or something like that. Um, but when they really want to book, they go, they get down on all fours 
and they sound like a freaking freight train going through stuff. I've recently, you know, accidentally scared them a couple times here in my research and uh, recently. And <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, that's another thing. I was uh, when I got into the research and, um, and trying to go out in the field uh, as an adult. Uh, I was afraid for a long time. I had to have somebody go with me for a few years until I got used to going out alone. And then I figured that, uh, you know, they are around and they've never bothered me for all this time. I don't have any reason to be afraid. And if they wanted to do something, there isn't really anything you could do about it. So there's no dude being afraid and being scared is just counterproductive that, and they share the same pheromones as we do. They they'll know if you're scared and if they get scared, they'll have their fear of pheromones that, you know, are way stronger than ours and that'll be in there and that'll make you even more scared. And then they'll, you know, uh, yeah, you were, you were talking about, um, being an artist or drawing. I, we had seen your video on YouTube about when Bob Gimlin interviewed you and the drawings on there that I thought were awesome. And I didn't know that you had drawn those yourself. Oh, thanks. Well, yeah, some of them, the early ones are pretty rough. I'm trying to, <laughs> Trying to learn, I you know had some art in high school, but that's about it. And I I didn't, I did a few things over my life, but it was you know like uh, airbrushing cars and uh, you know some art here and there, but it was never been like uh, my full time thing. So I never really got really good at it. But um, I've been drawing this art. I've probably got like over a hundred drawings now, to where I'm gonna have like a graphic novel to where I can just show this whole thing, Strawberry Lake, all the way through Morris Lake, and. Um, That'd be awesome. (laughs) That'd be awesome. Uh, If you guys want to see it, you can go to, can they go to your Midwest Bigfoot researchers, Facebook page? You have pictures on there. Um, The Facebook page has a little bit. um, The YouTube uh, channel has a lot more. I don't have all the art on there. And I update that as soon as I get another chunk of art done. Um, It's pretty time consuming. I'm doing the majority of it in pencil. I, I did one painting and I started another painting. I just don't, between editing the videos and going out and researching and, you know, having a job and all that stuff, I'm like literally get like four hours of sleep a night, maybe six if I'm lucky. That's been going on since I found this out because I'm just, I thought I really could wrap it up a lot sooner than this, but it's, (laughs) it's, it's not going to happen. And I don't think I'm ever going to get footage of them. They're like, they've been, they, they get really close to me. There's, there's a bunch of Sasquatch near my house that, um, that I decided not to, you know, um, have any cameras around and they, they were getting really close to me for a while at night. So I couldn't see them. I wasn't using any lights, but a little tiny red spotlight thing on my hat. And I would shut that off and they would get like, I got some footage of them getting really close, like on them feet. I've got a couple of juveniles on peeking around a tree, but, um, pretty much they're about stay about 20 to 40 feet away in the brush and all I get to see. It's like their nose and their eyes. They'll make. I've made sounds back and forth with them, and and uh, they've thrown rocks at me. And they, you know, they're they're pretty friendly and anything. But I don't I don't get to play with them like I do when I was a kid. It's kind of depressing. But <laughs> I think they see a, um, an adult male as a threat. I don't know if their adult males are are a threat to their babies, or if that's why or what. But I don't know. So, what do you think would have happened if your dad wasn't home and not showed up in the barn that day? I think they would have just took me for a while. Um, I think that was their plan there. I probably would have spent the day with them, but like, uh, I don't know. I just wish I could go back and change things. I wouldn't, uh, um, 
I wouldn't have freaked out when he beat his chest and everything probably would have been okay. But, you know, I, that 10 year old to have a sense of a, an adult's pretty rare. So I don't, I don't know. And there's no time machine, but boy, I, I think about that every day, every day him dying for no reason. And they said back then that um he was the first complete body that they had, that he was the fifth body that they had, that all the other ones were just bits and pieces and rotten and, um, I'm betting they didn't cremate him. I'm betting they told you they did. Um, mm-hmm. they said they cremated his hand, the the one that they cut off, and that's all they gave us. But um, no, I don't think they cremated his whole body. And I'm sure after what they learned from him, they found more bodies, especially after you know Mount St. Helens blew up that in like 1980. Um, oh yeah. Um, I'm sure there's they they found a lot more bodies done. Who knows how much they know about him? Maybe they found live specimens. They can freaking work with but i just wish they'd tell us they think uh they think uh everybody's just gonna freak out and not go in the woods um <laughs> the fact is they're already in the woods and they're not just in one part of the country they're everywhere and everywhere you know, mm-hmm. you know farmland if you think you're you're in some place like uh middle of ohio or something like that where it's all flat and there's no freaking mountains and you're not gonna have shot yeah they're there they're in Michigan. They're they're everywhere I go. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to tell people. They're just not dangerous like people think they are. I can't get that. I, even this guy that I go with um, for the past like ten years, and they've been getting close when he's around. And I told him he, he didn't go with me for a couple of years, and he just went in February with me down to Florida. And I told him since I've been going going alone, I said they get really close now, and I said don't freak out, you know. And uh, and this is when we just got down to Florida, and I drove eighteen hours, and there was one close to us. Hmm. And I told him that, and I went in my tent. He stayed up for a little while, and he was by the campfire, and he uh, started freaking out because this one just stepped out of the woods. I mean, he was freaking out, wanting me to shoot him and stuff, and I was really surprised because this is a guy that. Like, we'll go wrestle alligator and pull it, you know, freaking venomous snake out of the water. And <laughs> but, uh, wow. yeah, there's no reason to be afraid of them. They freak out when you do that anyway, you know. And I feel sorry for them because, like, that's the only reaction they get from people pretty much, you know. Um, and there's no need. That, I mean, they don't even come out and be aggressive. Those, all they got to do is, like, peek around a tree and people just scream. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they just don't realize that these things are out there. They weren't taught that growing up, you know. And they're yeah, still yeah. they're still cover up, obviously, you know. I don't know why. I guess there's a lot of reasons why. Um yeah, I don't know. Well, they do a lot of things. So many history books and you know, mm-hmm. Neanderthals aren't extinct, whether they be Denise Evans or Neanderthal or whatever, something like that, because uh, there was an act during the like I think the late nineteen seventies where I haven't looked it up yet though, but I read it once where the, the Native Americans got to get back all a lot of their culture stuff in the museum. And I was told that um, a lot of the larger skeletons they had found, like, you know, in the mounds in Illinois and stuff like that, they, they took them all. And that's why all the Neanderthals are only five foot four now is all the big skeletons are missing. And older people can actually remember, you know, having history books in school where they'd show these big skeletons that they found. And Lincoln talked about it. Um, yeah, that's you know, been, it's, it's, that's been proven the the large skeletons. I mean, they're oh, uh, that's known, obviously. I know. It's just like, well, why haven't people put this together? As a matter of fact, last year, 
um, Silver Lake, Michigan, I've got the article somewhere. They found a jawbone washed up in the lake of Silver Lake, and they said, they didn't say it was Neanderthal. It wasn't human. I knew it was Neanderthal as soon as I saw it. But this thing had all the teeth in it, the whole jawbone with all the teeth in it. Do you have all your teeth? I don't have all my teeth. <laughs> and it was an adult one, and it looked like it was, I don't know, a few months old. And they're trying to say it was some, you know, ancient Indian or something like that. And they gave it to the, the um, they gave it to some college. I think it was MSU and the native Americans came and took it. And I never heard anything oh. about it. And I, I contacted them. I said, that's a Neanderthal. And they're going like, how do you know that? And I put up two of the pictures and they're exactly the same, except for the ones that are in museums don't have all the teeth. They have, mm. they only got, you know, like sort of an amount of teeth and they just kind of make fake teeth for the rest of the jaws. This thing had all the teeth in it. I do remember hearing about that now that you say that. And and the things that you've said, it almost makes me wonder if the Native Americans don't have some deal with the with our government to keep these things under lock and key and protect them. They do, but I just don't know how long they're gonna to try to keep this up. I think it'd be better off people knew exactly what they're keep dealing it up with. As long as they can, I'm I'm sure. Right. You would think sooner or later their population would grow big enough to where they couldn't hide it anymore. But I, I don't know. Maybe these things are smart enough not to, you know, expand like that. I. No, there's there's quite a few of them when I go up north and a shocking amount of number. But uh, <laughs> and and like the hunters always go like tell me, oh, I've never seen a Sasquatch. I've been hunting there for like you know twenty some years. I'm going like, well, when you get in your hunting stand, um, and somebody comes in the woods and you're in a hunting stand and. They come in with a car. You can hear them pull in with a car, get out of their car, right? Yeah. Sasquatch live there. And when they hear you coming, they're not going to stick around and see. You know, they know what hunting season is. These people mm-hmm. just don't understand how easy it is to hide in the woods. Um, I think they know way more about us than we know about them. Oh, I know. I think so, oh, too. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, how long have they been around, you know, hiding out there, observing us? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So do you think these things are cavemen, Neanderthals? Yeah, I think there's there's some sort of a uh, Neanderthal or Denisovan. Um, I'm pretty sure they're Neanderthals uh, because that's what they told me. But, you know, um, like I said, they told other Native Americans because I don't believe anything they told me, even though, I, I don't know. I just, you know, it's the government. What can I say? Right. Yeah, it's hard to trust them. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. The only reason I believe it is, like I told you, is because they were telling other Native Americans that. So. Um, hmm. it's something like that. If it's not, it's, if it's not a, a Neanderthal, I mean, why else were they be checking all our bloodlines for, you know, the amount of Neanderthal we have in us? Um, good point. There's something going yeah. on. Um, they know exactly what's going on and they, they come out about UFOs. Now, why can't they come out about Sasquatch? At least so, say they, they're not yeah. sure, but there's something out there, you know, like they did with aliens. Right. Something. <laughs> I can't yeah. even tell you how many friends of I've got like three or four friends now, like family, friends, everybody. Majority of them just think I'm completely nuts. I'm going like, yeah, I'm finding them everywhere. Oh, you're completely insane. There's those aren't out there, you know. That's that's around here. But if I go further up north, if I go down to Kentucky, um, or areas where there's a lot of Sasquatch and I'll get swamped when I go into a gas station by people just, they usually only have really basic sightings too, but I'll get like three or four sightings of them, you know, road crossings and, 
you know, back of the property kind of sightings and stuff. They're really just glimpses. But um, uh, those, the areas that are um, more rural and near like national forest and the people that live out there know. Um, but you get into the city, you know, where I'm, I'm in between Grand Rapids and Kalamazoo. Um, there's a little bit of woods here in Barry County. It's only 32,000 acres, but um, they're there, but people here are just clueless and, well, not everybody. I mean, there's a large number of neighbors out here that have seen them um, that won't talk about it. <laughs> We've had several encounters come from Michigan. Uh, there's actually a guy that's not far from you yep. in Pawpaw that we talked to that had an eight-foot electric fence around his property due to these things. And now I think he's selling his property. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Last we heard. So, yeah, we know that Michigan is saturated. If we want to go squatching, I mean, hell, we go right up to Michigan, you know, right there. But you're right. I think these things, when you come into the woods, like hunters, if they know you're coming in, they're going to back off. They're going to go deeper. They're going to keep going yep. back. And if they want to check you out, they'll check you out. But you probably won't know they're there, you know? Yeah. Right. Well, I've been finding a lot of, you know, they'll have kind of like designated areas where they have all these good hiding spots. I found some up uh, north where they actually clear the sticks out of these like these hiding spots to where they can get to them without making any noise. I found like, you know, these brush piles where they had piles of sticks all the way around them and like a game trail and all the sticks were cleared from that game trail to the next pile of sticks, you know, with the hide behind and there was nothing to step on in between them. And they were all like piled up in these little neat piles all next to each other along the trail. So <laughs> I think they, they got everything planned out and they know where they're going to go. If somebody comes in the woods, and, uh, you know, and they spend their whole day there and have nothing else to do other than eat right. and get everything ready in case the, you know, stinky yeah, human. Make an escape around. plan, yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you think when these things were eating these livestock that were poisoned with that uh, chemical, that, that mix-up, um, do you think that affected them at all? Do you think that's why maybe they come hanging out with you or, or weren't more, more brave too? About that. I've had that question asked me a couple times because um, the – um, the cows that would eat that stuff would get kind of deformities. I'm not even kidding. That's it, it's just weird. I don't know if the Sasquatch didn't eat that stuff enough, or um, I I just don't know because um, you know, it's not like I can go down and follow them around. But they were, you know, it, it was all kind of weird. And um, but it started in Strawberry Lake, but. <laughs> You know, strawberry, they could have had its, you know, PVB poisoning going on there, too. And there was um, another thing why I think that happened up in Strawberry Lake. And there was the logging incident, which I didn't get to tell you about. Um, because it, it's just so extensive of all the stuff that I went through. But um, um, they were logging up there real close to the campground and uh, on a, the lakes or ponds and lakes and streams all real close together up there and uh i think they're displaced because of the, the logging that was going on nearby the campground and i think they, they ended up kind of moving over by the campground and they got you know more curious about people i think that's what started it because if i remember right even up there back then there wasn't any farms for them to be you know not, at least not that many for them to be snatched up cows that were you know in those piles of pvb poisoning piles hmm. but I don't know a hundred percent sure that it does seem all really strange, but, um, no, I went up there. If, it, if you've seen my footage, I went up to strawberry. I started going up there a couple of years ago and, and I do see him up there 
the the juveniles with my eyes, and I've been trying to get them on camera, and they'll they'll climb up trees, and I've got one on video up there with a great big huge piece of bark he's holding on to while he's in the tree, and I'm talking to him, and he pees himself because he gets so scared. It's a little juvenile Sasquatch, but the problem is the sun was up above and they're way up a tree and you point the camera up towards the sun. I can see it, but the, the, the camera has a little bit of issue with it and it, it's really hard to see, but, uh, I can see it. I can see his face pretty good in the, in the video. He peeks around this little freaking. um, he was up, uh, I think he was up, uh, um, an Aspen tree and he had a piece of, um, pine bark that was almost as big as him that he was holding up hiding behind while he was up this tree. And like he picked a tree that didn't have branches until, you know, like 40 feet up. And I could see him way over by the water. And I had to walk like about four or five acres just to get to him to see him because I saw him for quite a ways away. Like, well, let me go see if, if this is anything. It looks like a big tree growth. And I get underneath it. And I was going like, oh, no, I can see her butt. <laughs> I can see his little black hairy butt. And then uh, <laughs> I walked around on the other side and I started talking to him. And I was going like, you're not even doing that right. This isn't even the right kind of freaking bark he got up there and like he peed himself and everything <laughs> i scared him i was going like i'm sorry i didn't mean to scare you i left did you put that on your youtube channel by chance or are you going to oh yeah that's on my youtube okay. channel i've got uh i don't know why there's a lot of people don't see him uh my footage I, I like i said i got that one footage of one i call eddie peeking around the tree um you can see his eye shine you can see his whole face and everything clear as day but the only the only problem with it is it was at night and i had my red light on it and everything's you know doused in red light so hey mike glad you could join me for some great seafood me too wait why are you dressed in fishing gear you said we were going out to catch great seafood right yes to popeyes do you even know how to fish no i thought you did oh yeah i could catch pretty good seafood at popeyes Let's go. Let Popeye's do the fishing while you enjoy our delicious signature seafood. Get Popeye's flounder fish sandwich or shrimp tackle box before they're gone. Limited time at participating U.S. restaurants. Um, Is your YouTube channel Midwest Bigfoot Researchers as well? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, we'll be sure to check it out, and I'm sure our listeners will jump on it after they hear this episode. Well, I appreciate oh, yeah, you talking to me. Uh, sorry be- I was kind of scattered around it, and I just... I'm trying to think in my head how to, you know, shorten it so I can fit it in, fit it all in because it, there is really a lot. And there's some that I skipped over, like the, the, um, like I said, the logging incident. And that was, uh, when I was at Strawberry Lake, I was going for a walk and they followed me back. I went to go check out the logging equipment and one of them was open and I just went in and played around inside there, you know, like a little kid making, you know, car noises and stuff like that. And then, uh, the one, that they called Sammy went inside there and pushed me out of the seat, sat in the seat and started pulling on those levers and was pulling the levers out and beating the crap out of everything. And I left <laughs> because it was so loud. I mean, it was, there wasn't any campers on uh, that side of the lake that were anywhere near the swamp. That was but like, as soon I knew somebody would hear it, it was really loud. And I got up to, um, I left and I got up to the, where the lake was, where there was campers and there was a guy standing out there watching. And he was going like, what's going on back there? And he sees them. And what he reported to the cops, I have actually got the newspaper article of this because they arrested two teenagers for it. He goes like, I saw two teenagers back there barefoot, wearing all black with black hoodies on. That was his report. <laughs> <laughs> wow. They actually took me back there later because that happened on the weekend. That was on um, 
the the workers took me back there and tried to match up my feet with the the prints that were back there, and my feet were too small. They didn't they didn't figure it out, and they just, the rest of these two uh, teenager kids that I was hanging out with there that were part of this uh, hippie families that were part of this nudist colony out there, and there was a cop out there. This is a whole other story. This is a there was a cop out there that didn't like him that his kid was playing with him, and uh, that's how he started, you know picking on these people and he decided that they were the ones that are doing all the damage to the lying equipment, but they weren't, you know, who's going to listen to an eight year old kid anyway. <laughs> yeah. I saw your, you had drawn a picture of that. I'd seen that picture you had drawn of you and, and a creature inside of a crane or something. Yeah. Yeah. I wondered what that was about. Or if you just kind of put that together, if that really happened or not, but no, that awesome. really happened. I was, it was so quick though. It was like, you know, you, you see the pictures and you think it's some long thing. It was like, I went down there and they, they were following me after we played around in the, some ferns over there and, and a few other things. I wasn't supposed to, I was actually gone for three hours. My dad told me I was supposed to be walking around the lake and my dad was in a boat watching me walk. I was supposed to stay in the path around the lake. And Strawberry Lake's not huge, so you can see, you know, this path that goes around all the campsites from, uh, you know, the water. But then it disappeared. I went back to the logging stuff, and um, I was playing back them back there for quite a while, I guess. But it, for me, I only remember like maybe forty-five minutes worth. But um, because I, you know, when I the the time that I was in those logging things, when I went back to look there, and I got in, it was just probably not even 30 seconds. It, I went inside the thing and I played around and they got in and started tearing up. I got out of there. It was that fast. Hmm. And, um, a lot of the encounters were just like that. There was like one, uh, with the other kid and the, there was another kid, uh, an older friend of mine and I were playing in the water and they, uh, Sammy, the, the juvenile Sasquatch and the other two, was, there was, um, actually four of them, but there's two, the, the same size as Sammy. There was two small ones that these adults actually thought were babies of the two, but they weren't. Um, they were hanging out with us by the water and, and this other kid, his name was also Randy. Uh, he started splashing them. He's going, I bet they don't like water. And he started splashing them. And then I started splashing them. They, t they started splashing us so bad. We had to back off. They kind of like took around, turned around and had our butts facing us and, and kind of like a, did a digging thing. And we're like shooting this water at us like crazy. The Sasquatch where it was actually, <laughs> coolest memory i have back uh, back in those encounters that was just so i'm trying to find this other randy kid too he's like uh he'd be older than me his last name is randy campbell when he's from flint and i've been trying to find him i don't know if he's still alive but if he's listening out there he's he'd be a good witness he would definitely come forward he played with him for a while too and so did his sister and unfortunately my sister did too but she's not talking to me because like when my dad died she took all his money and we haven't been I haven't been talking since. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll try to find that Randy Campbell, too. Look him up. Maybe he's on Facebook yeah, or something. Yeah, we try and track him down. Oh, I tried to find him. I haven't found him yet. Okay. But he's, from from then, he was from Flint. I don't know if he even is still alive or in Flint. So, But I'm still looking. I'm going to uh, – I just figured that out, like, about a few months ago. So – I've been trying to search for him and then the other witnesses, and I've been going up there up the um, Everett, and I I found two other witnesses, but they're um they haven't got a hold of me yet um, to make a meeting yet. I'm hoping they will pretty soon. 
Well, you know, there's a lot of researchers out there, a lot of people who've had encounters, a lot of people similar to you, um, not the same encounter that that um, are researching. But if anyone can get this done and and do this, I think it's I think it's someone like you with your experiences and what you're mm-hmm. doing today. Uh, you're really putting the effort in, and you're you're really serious about this, and you mean this. And I think that you can have a breakthrough if you keep at it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm going to try. I'm doing it for the Sasquatch, not not for me or anything. I just. You know, there's a, there's areas where they're in that uh, there's ATVs um, a lot in a lot of the areas that run run through water and and just you know deforest or there's a, there's a lot of things that um, I think the Sasquatch could benefit if they're you know known you know they'd have some sort of protection some sort of areas they could go to that weren't just uh, trashed by humans and I mean yeah you wouldn't mm-hmm. believe the trash I find I mean I always go to a spot. And make sure I have enough room in my truck to pick up trash, you know, <laughs> tires, couches, freaking beer bottles. And Florida's the worst. Florida doesn't oh, have man. any bottle returns down there. And they have like, uh, was it from November to February is their hunting season down there. And they can hunt these these uh, deer down there with a, on the back of their trucks. And they'll put a, a chair in the back of the bed of the truck and, and run lights and dogs and any gun they want. They can run Jeez. 24 hours a day down there. It was nuts. Wow. And they're just, so what they do is they, they party down there all the time. And there's just like piles and piles of beer bottles down there in the forest. I mean, just piles of them. You can't take them anywhere. You can't take them to another state. You can't recycle them. They're just, and since that's there, that makes other people throw more trash down like dirty diapers and clothes. And that is the most trashed forest i've ever seen i've been to every national forest in florida and they all look the same they're just horrible mm. well right yeah, now they bad. probably look even worse with the hurricane oh, yeah, going no, through. That, that's bad too <laughs> no. randy we appreciate you coming and talking to us today and telling us about this uh it's yeah, amazing. We do. that was amazing um, well thanks guys uh, we'll keep in touch with you and uh, see where you're at and get on your your youtube and uh, facebook yeah maybe even come up there and uh Go out with you. Yeah, we're not far away. Yeah, you guys can come on over if you want. Yeah, we'll come up and uh, yeah, that'd be ex- awesome. do an excursion with you if you allow us to. Yeah, we just have to uh, go on a non-hunting season. Right. Now it's yeah. Getting, yeah, it's, it's hunting season. Now hunters in the there, woods, but... and that's, that's making it no fun for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe we can wait till spring or something. Yeah, you got to yeah. be safe. All well, right, man. Guys, thanks. Well, we thank you, and uh, we, we will, appreciate Randy. it. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks, guys. Bye. All right, see you. That was great. Thanks. I'm just floored, man. I don't know what to say. I mean, yeah, that was that was amazing. Can you imagine? Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, the only thing that let this play out, I guess, would be the fact that they really thought these were circus monkeys or orangutans that gotten loose, mm-hmm. and the parents yeah. apparently did too. I just can't imagine the fear that he he felt when he was up in the barn and realized that was not an orangutan. You know? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. You know, it was a tragic story. I don't too. know. Uh, I don't know what I would have done. Yeah, it ended, ended sadly or badly. But he's not afraid to tell everything. You know, he's not afraid of getting any any trouble from anybody about it. He's all open to it and wants to tell everybody, and I think that's great. Yep. I, mean, I like I, the fact that he's still out there looking and pushing, too. Yes, Midwest mm-hmm. Bigfoot Researchers Group. If you guys want to check him out, you yeah. can look him up on YouTube, Randy Cutrera, C-U-T-R-A-R-A. And, uh, yeah, just just look at his stuff. Check it out. It's amazing. Yeah, check him out. Another great episode, my friend. Thanks for being here with me. Yeah, man. Always fun. I'll see you later. Yep. See ya. (laughs) 